on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. So we we have this estrogen issue that we're dealing with that actually impacts men even more than women because estrogen, women have a pathway to metabolize estrogen and they can balance it with progesterone. So the real, real key, Courtney, to all of this, everything, is the liver. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am Courtney, your host. I'm so happy that you're here. Today's episode is a really interesting one. We talk a lot about different signs and symptoms of various things going on in the body. And what I loved so much was that the way that he talked about the body, it's such a good reminder that everything in our body is connected. You know, we can be having symptoms uh, in a specific organ or having a rash on our face and not even realizing that it's connected to what's happening in our liver or in our gut or our kidneys or pancreas. It could be a combination of many different things. Our hormones are often affected by what's happening in our thyroid and our adrenals because those are connected and our pituitary gland. And it's just a really good reminder, especially if we are dealing with signs and symptoms of something going on in the body. I like to talk about this all the time and remind you that if you can and you're able to, this is why it's so important to find a functional or an integrative medical doctor because they are trained to zoom out, look at the body as a whole instead of just one particular organ or just one particular symptom, they zoom out and they look at what's happening here. What's the connection with all the organs in the body? And this is how you really get to the bottom of things. This is how we figure out what is going on in the body. Because remember, signs and symptoms are your body telling you that something is off. And that shouldn't be scary, but we need to take action on it. And remember that when our body is trying to tell us something that we need to dive in deeper and we need to figure out what our body is trying to tell us so that we can get into optimal health and we can feel the best that we can in our bodies. So this is a great episode with Dr. Bob DeMaria. He is also known as the drugless doctor. We talk all about hormones. We dive into women's hormones. We dive into men's hormones. We talk about why we're seeing so many imbalances in both men and women, what causes low testosterone in men, and why we're seeing an epidemic of low testosterone in men, what you can do about it, foods that boost it, things and lifestyle changes that men can do if they have low testosterone. We also talk about women's hormones, imbalances, what women can do, and what throws our hormones out of balance in the first place, and so much more. Dr. Bob gives so many amazing tips. He provides so much insight. I really enjoyed this episode. I learned so much, which is always so fun, and I'm very excited right, for you guys to hear the episode. anxiety-ridden stressors at? <laughs> Uh, I'm raising my hand. I know you can't see it, but I have dealt with stress and anxiety most of my life. When I was younger, I was actually diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. It is something that has been a struggle for me in my life. I decided that I wanted to take a natural route, so I never did the medication route, but this is not to say to shame anyone that has gone down that route. I fully respect everyone's decisions, and it's, you know, it's a personal journey for everyone. I just, I really wanted to take a natural approach. Now, as you can imagine, I have tried everything under the sun, and the thing that truly, truly helped me the most was starting to do CBD every single day. I used to take CBD pretty inconsistently. I would just take it as I thought I needed it. And I didn't realize that it was actually doing a disservice to me because when it really works the most is when you take it consistently every single day. So when I started doing that, it changed everything for me. Personally, my favorite CBD company is a brand called Soul CBD. I love their products. There are a couple different things that I take depending on the day. Their oil drops are my favorite. They have a watermelon mint flavor that is like out of this world. They also have gummies that are really good. So sometimes I'll take those. And then they also have capsules. So I take the dream capsules at night as well to help me sleep. And they really work. So they gave me a little discount for you guys, 15% off. And there's two different ways that you can get it. You can go to mysoulcbd.com slash realfoodology. That's my soulcbd.com slash realfoodology. Or simply go to My Soul's website, which is mysoulcbd.com and use the code realfoodology. You're going to get 15% off. I hope you guys love it. Dr. Bob, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah. Can you tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? Well, I've been practicing since 1978. I have a degree in human biology. I actually used to teach human dissection when I was in school. You'll learn a lot when you do that. So I practice. I bet. I practice clinically as a chiropractor, and I also have a doctor of natural health degree. I also have been married since 1976, and I bring that up because one of the books that I've been fortunate enough to write is on female hormones, and I learned so much just going through life with my wife. We met when we were 15 years old, so you go through having children, parents passing you know, life, work life, and all of that aspect. So that's been really instrumental in my overall health. And I usually, I typically had a, a chiropractic practice of bone and joint. But along the way in the 1980s, I discovered how significant food impacted function. And along the way, I learned so much how many of your viewers watching us will learn that what they are putting in and on their body is impacting their health. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think people are slowly starting to wake up to this realization, but it's taken us a really long time. Let's talk about that. I really I really want to focus on women's and men's hormones because I feel like we talk a lot on this show about female hormones, but we don't talk a lot about men's. But let's go into women's first. Why are we seeing so many hormonal problems? What is contributing to that? Well, there's a couple reasons. One is stress. There's a gland in the body called the adrenal gland. The adrenal gland makes adrenaline. Adrenaline comes from tyrosine. Tyrosine is a protein. It's an amino acid. Tyrosine and iodine make thyroid hormone. So when someone is stressed, they're going to have less tyrosine, which means therefore they're going to probably have a low thyroid gland. But interesting enough, tyrosine is a natural antidepressant. So when I was first in practice, I was having individuals come into the office that they were really stressed. I mean, you could see it. But then I noticed some of them were losing pigment on their skin, on their hands, and other parts of the body. It's called vitiligo. It took me many, many years, actually 35 years to figure that out. And I was reading a PDF on the metabolites of urine. And that's when I learned about tyrosine. Not only does it help make adrenal hormones and help with the thyroid gland, but it also is a part of skin pigment. That was a really big revelation. And that was one of the basis and one of the reasons that I wrote my book on mental health. So the adrenal glands, Interesting. the adrenal glands are really important, but we live in a sea of estrogen. That means there is estrogen everywhere. It's in the water we drink, the food we eat, and even, this is interesting, the air we breathe. So many, many years ago, I was having a traditional clinic with my colon therapist and we just were having this wonderful conversation. You have to imagine I had a gown on and she's rubbing my belly. And, you know, if you ever had a colonic. <laughs> yeah. And she said, Dr. Bob, I just, like, learned something. And I said, what did you learn? And she said, well, do you know when you get into a car and you smell that leather in that those seats? I said, yeah. She said, do you think that they get that leather from organic animals? And I looked at her and I said, I never even thought about where they get any of the leather she said, well, when you're breathing that, you're breathing in what was in those animals. And it's usually a non-organic animal. So you're breathing that in. And plus there's chemicals on wall fabric, flooring. So we, we have this estrogen issue that we're dealing with that actually impacts men even more than women. Because estrogen, women have a pathway to metabolize estrogen and they can balance it with progesterone. So the real, real key, Courtney, to all of this, everything, is the liver. The liver is the key for both your female and your male uh, viewing audience because, see, the liver has to process the estrogen. For the ladies that are listening to me and watching us right now, if you have tender breast and heavy menses, chances are you have a liver issue. 
So I throw in the chiropractic aspect of what I do because we have digital films. That means we take digital x-rays. The amount of exposure is minimal for what we learn. So when we started doing the digital films about 10 years ago with advanced technology, our films became very clear and we take our films standing up. The liver typically ends on the lower area of your right ribs. That's where it's supposed to stop. Well, we're seeing livers go into three or four inches below that. I've seen livers extend to a woman's pelvis. So if somebody... Oh, my oh, God. Can, oh, yeah. So if we see that, we know that they have some liver issues, which means they're not processing estrogen. So some of the body signals for too much estrogen in a compromised liver would include varicose veins, hemorrhoids, mm. Little red bumps on your body called cherry hemangiomas, little red bumps, which men, if men have little red cherry bumps on their body, their liver is not processing estrogen at all. But our average female patient is between 37 and 43 years old. They've had two children. They're on an antidepressant. Many of them have had their gallbladders out. And when they're in their 40s with the heavy menses, they may be um, directed to have something called an ablation. An ablation is when they burn the inside of a woman's uterus so she can't have a menstrual cycle. But I, I know that there are people watching me and watching us and listening to us right now. You have to go backwards and say, why am I having heavy menses? Oh, it's my liver. Well, it could be your liver, and this is going to be really, really unusual. We don't promote fruit. Now, fruit is not bad, but people eat so much stuff. I, I am not a, a vegan or a vegetarian. I eat organic meat, primarily chicken, turkey, lamb, beef. I really don't eat a lot of fish. When I practice in Florida, I'll get fresh fish from there. But I, when I live in the Midwest, it's just a little bit different. You have to be really aware of that. Like for sure, you don't want to eat constant tuna because it could cause mercury issues issues in your body. So I'm aware of what I'm putting in my body. And so I eat vegetables. Like every night I'll get a medium carrot, not baby carrots, a medium carrot organic. I peel it. I'll get celery. So I take the celery, you know, sometimes the outer ones are kind of bitter. You save those for cooking yeah. chicken or soup or whatever. So I take the celery hearts, Two radishes, beets. I cut up beets like I made about eight beets yesterday, roasted them. And I'll actually freeze them so I don't have to constantly be roasting them. Artichokes. I've added artichokes and a half a red apple. So it's Dr. Bob's ABCs. A half a red apple every day. Mm -hmm. Beets. A medium carrot. Stalk of celery. Some tomatoes. So I, I munch on vegetables all day long. The half an apple is really the only fruit that I eat. Some people say, why a half? Because I really like to watch my carbs. Because a whole apple has about 22 grams. Um, the beets are on my salad, like I said. Radishes. So if, you're, if you have an issue, you say, well, Dr. Bob, I really don't like radishes. They bother me. You know, when people say, oh, I don't like them. They bother my stomach. Dip them in salt like they do in France. Well, the, so the real issue with a lot of these people is, is that there are certain foods, like green peppers, onions, and garlic, and radishes. In Italian, if they have agita, agita from that, which is indigestion, it's not the radish or the onion or the garlic. It's their liver gallbladder. And if they have pain on their right shoulder, and this is going to really be funny, right knee pain can be affiliated with a gallbladder because of an acupuncture huh. point located along the right knee. So when I was done doing the research for my book on mental health, the liver is the organ associated with anger. The gallbladder is bitterness. Now, this is really interesting because the kidney is fear. Lungs are sadness. So somebody can have a chronic lung problem because they're sad because of maybe a partner breakup, a death of a loved one, or whatever. But the real interesting one today, Courtney, is anxiety and worry is associated with the spleen. 
So let me bring this wagon train around here a little bit. We will do breast, we do breast demography in my practice. And I, part of that is what being married to my wife. And so instead of mammograms, we use tomography. We don't say not to ever use a mammogram, so I have to just make that disclaimer. But a woman's breast drain into their armpits. The armpit lymphatic system drains into the liver and into the spleen. So we, the spleen is a part of your immune system. You say, okay, Dr. Bob, like, let's unwrap all of this. Anxiety and worry is spleen. We have a lot of anxiety issues today. The spleen's a part of the immune system. So somebody could be quote unquote sick because of their emotions. And I just gave you the reason why it's the spleen. We don't talk about the spleen. The spleen's a big lymph node. So your breasts go into your armpits, which drain into your liver. So you have all of this going on. So if you're a female and you have tender breasts and heavy menses, and maybe you had a child and you have hemorrhoids and varicose veins, and you came in to see us, which we see people from all over the United States, and you have a large liver, you can stop the whole show and you have to focus on the liver. That's why I wrote the book on female hormones. I wrote a book on detoxification. It's not complicated, but you have to unravel it. Yes. Well, and I want to make a note here because um, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. As far as we're seeing these larger livers, is that because we're eating so much sugar, especially like high fructose corn syrup? Because we know that it attributes to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. You're exactly right. So in 2011, the American Heart Association released an article. This is significant too. If somebody has high triglycerides, they said, they really came mm-hmm. out and said not to eat sweet fruit because of the non-alcoholic amazing. fatty liver. But my mom had a fatty liver. My mom ate fruit after the meal. So in the human body, when you eat food, this is way goes back until the late 1990s with Harvey and Marilyn Diamond. They wrote a book that had everything to do with food combining. So if you eat fruit at the end of the meal, it'll ferment creating Mm -hmm. literally alcohol that your liver has to process. So I can tell you, I I have seen very large livers. We do diet sheets on all of our new patients that have chronic health problems. And it is amazing. And people think that fruit is good. And I'm not saying it's that bad. But during June, people will come into the practice. June, strawberries. You'll have left neck pain because of strawberries. July, Cherries. Watermelon. Oh, that's oh. all year round. August are, yeah. are peaches. So I have to tell you a story. So when I was first in practice, I had basically a bone and joint kind of care plan. But around the late 1980s, I was having individuals coming in that when I would take care of them and correct them and do my spinal corrections, you know, the ones that came in on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday just loved Dr. Bob. I started having people come in on Monday and say, man, what did you do to me over the weekend? Or Friday. And I said, well, I didn't do anything different to you on Friday than I did any other day. So the bottom line was, I literally had to investigate and I prayed, okay, what is going on here? So I went back to my embryology book, 1974, and I discovered that the pancreas starts on the left side, embryologically, of your neck and your mid-back. But it moves to the center of your abdomen. Well, I have a fellowship in spinal engineering. When I was doing my training for spinal engineering, the instructor said the most difficult part of the spine to help improve was the mid-back. And I thought, wow, I I never thought about it. So I had this woman, my case study, she got the lecture at 15 years old, a banana for potassium, yogurt for calcium, and a whole grain cereal. She started having neck pain was relentless, it would not go away. So she went to her doctor and they put her on cement. So she got married, the pain was so bad that she went on Valium and Librium. And the story goes on, she was 45 years old, three marriages later, she ends up in my office. So I said, okay, what are you eating? And that's when I learned about yogurt. I'm not saying yogurt is not good, but yogurt has a lot of sugar in it. Bananas have a lot of sugar in it. So I said, I want you to do something. 
stop the yogurt and the banana because that was a big deal there for a while. You put yogurt on your cereal and banana. And, I remember. Oh yeah, that was like yeah. Only thing worse than that is peaches with cottage cheese on iceberg lettuce. That was a Ew. that was a big deal. Oh. Anyway, her pain was gone in two weeks. She's I believe she it. suffered for it's amazing thirty years, and I know that in my conversation investigating about what you do. I don't promote a diet itself. I want people, you have to eat food. Now, one man's passion is another man's poison. So you could literally have some distress eating certain foods depending on your gut. So if you're eating a healthy food, but you're having some digestive distress, you really have to back off to see what's going on. You know, some of it could be genetic. You know, the Northern Europeans have a different kind of body than the Southern um, individuals and people from India can handle curry, but maybe the typical Caucasian curry just tears them up. So everybody's a little bit different, you know. So we kind of cater a diet and make one available to what's logical for their body. I want to talk more about hormones. You've you've said a lot of really important things that I think people need to understand and hear. Um, specifically, you were talking about excess estrogen that we're getting in our bodies, not only from our food, but also from our environment, like pesticides and pharmaceuticals in the water. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of plastics. Our food are being, our food is being stored in plastic. So what can people do if one, if they have excessive estrogen or they're trying to rebalance their hormones? Um, yeah. What can they do? Like, how can they help this? And how do they know? Well, if you want to do it scientifically, you should do either a saliva test or you could do a serum test. I think the saliva test is a little bit more accurate. Not that the serum test is not. The saliva test, the free hormones in your body. I talk about this in my female hormone book, how cholesterol becomes pregnenolone in the body. Pregnenolone becomes progesterone. Progesterone goes down to make cortisone. I'm going through like a pathway of cholesterol, pregnenolone, progesterone, cortisone. If you eat a lot of sugar or stress, your body's going to use up progesterone because see, progesterone makes cortisone. But this is a real, this is like a, the asterisk on all of my conversation today. Progesterone balances estrogen. I'll say that again. So cholesterol becomes pregnenolone, which becomes progesterone. Progesterone has to make a constant choice. Do I keep on becoming cortisone because this person has their hand in the cookie jar under a lot of stress? Or can I balance out the estrogen? Because see, it's constantly going back and forth, estrogen, progesterone. So if you have a deficiency of progesterone, you're going to have an excessive amount of estrogen that's not being balanced. But... I had this problem, which I'll share about in a second. But the ovaries also make progesterone. So I'm going to go all the way back to the breast thermography. When we do the breast thermography, if a woman has cyst on their breast, we will have them apply. We have a clear, not the brown iodine, okay? We have them apply clear liquid iodine to their breast and to their ovaries And then we say, you want to drink water from a pure source. You don't want to be sitting in hot tubs and swimming pools. Because see, bromine, fluorine, and chlorine take iodine out of the body. Iodine is needed by your body, your ovaries, to make progesterone to balance the estrogen. But if you have your hand in the cookie jar, what's going to happen is your progesterone is going to be depleted. And swinging that all the way over to men, they're going to have low testosterone. And most of the men have low testosterone because they eat too much sugar and they're under stress. Yeah. We have an epidemic of low testosterone in males. We do. And that was actually, that was going to be my one of my questions for you. Um, so how do men, what can they do to boost their testosterone? Lifestyle changes as well as food changes. Well, there's a couple things going on right now. This, this could relate to women also. We use a product called calcium deglucurate. Calcium deglucrate is a product that will help balance out the estrogen. It gets rid of estrogen toxins in the liver. So the liver has to be constantly working to process the estrogen. Now, the liver needs B vitamins to process estrogen. So whether you're male or female, if you cry easy, that means your liver does not have enough B vitamins to process estrogen. 
Now, here's the difference between men and women. Women have progesterone to balance their estrogen. Men don't have anything to balance their estrogen. Their liver has to process it. Now, this is going to also sound very interesting, but I don't golf, G-O-L-F. I don't go on a golf course. And we have these people today that spray their yards with herbicides and pesticides because they don't want to have dandelions. And then they take their pet to walk on there, and then they wonder why their pet has cancer. So men that golf, if you're going to be a, whether men or women, if you go golfing, go on a sunny Sunday afternoon and ride in the cart so you don't have to walk on the grass. And by that time, the dew has been burnt off by the sun. So here's what men need to do. Testosterone can be helped by taking maca root, tribulus, but I usually have my male patients use calcium deglucurate, and we really focus on liver, but then I explain to them, you know, you wanna eat organic meat, organic vegetables, and I'm not even saying that organic is always necessarily the best too, because I hear all kinds of stories that, you know, they water with water that has percolate in it, et cetera, so you want to do everything that you can to minimize toxic exposure. But if a man has little red bumps on their skin, like little red moles, that's a body signal to me they have too much estrogen. So what we will do is we'll take a film of their spine and if their livers are enlarged, it's kind of like, you know, what are you doing? And they'll look at you and they're saying, well, I drink two shots of bourbon every night. Well, they said two, they meant four. And it's... Yeah. You know how the cycle goes. Yep. And they're like, I eat healthy, but you know, I'm drinking a lot of beer or I'm eating more sugar than I realize. Well, I think that I, happens a lot. I think that you really want them to journal. Journaling is really very... I had a gentleman that came in today. He's had digestive distress. He's been all over the different clinics having things done. He has wheat almost with every meal. He has cheese almost with every meal. He has a history of psoriasis, which is liver. He also eats sushi. And people who eat sushi have a tendency to have a parasite issue. So we don't promote sushi. And people who have cats and are, they're very loving, passionate, creative human beings, but they tend to have parasites. Parasites are a huge epidemic and mm. we help. So if you have a cat, what I would suggest you do is make sure that you're eating sulfur-based foods. Eggs, onion, garlic, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. Those are sulfur foods. So when these little critters go in your mouth and down into your tummy and they're looking around and they see some cauliflower and broccoli versus a pastry, the environment in the body is not conducive for them to proliferate. Not too many people do what I do every day. They make this vegetable box. But if you're not making that, you have the wrong environment in your body. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is why food plays such a huge role in our health. So the estrogen thing with men is really interesting. Is that why they tend to get bigger stomachs? Well, part of that is that their stomachs are large because they're probably consuming too much beer or too much alcohol, for sure. Mm. And they're just eating too much. See, I'm going to be, I'm closer to 70 than I am 60, okay? When I rode my bike this morning, I woke up at 4.25. I was on the road at 5, and I rode my bike 15 miles. I was home at 6 o'clock in the morning. That was worth about 700 calories to me. Now, if you eat 14 almonds, that's 120 calories. I don't. A lot of people say, hey, so what kind of exercise do you do? Oh, I walked about a mile. I thought, a mile? A mile doesn't do anything. And yeah. So when you're... At, your muscles have to burn those calories. It has to burn them as you get older. So if you're a 40-year-old male, you already lost a lot of your muscle. And you're losing muscle. You can't burn that extra glucose. So that means yeah. you have to be more active. And if you're more active, you're going to burn those extra calories. But, you know, you... I believe it's really more the hormonal, I think, imbalance, though, that's happening than anything else. The liver is a really important because you have... The liver is going to get rid of all those extra chemicals and hormones in your body. Exactly. And you can't out-exercise a bad diet, you know? I mean, someone can go and burn 1,400 calories on a bike, but if they're eating crap all day, it's not going to really make a difference. Well, I, 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 made, I had a salad today for lunch that I made. I'm going to have sauerkraut tonight when I go home that a patient made for me. So good. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm eating real food. I never go to a franchise restaurant ever. I mean, we have some chicken franchise restaurants that they have four drive-through lines that these people are going through. And I have um, young men that will have rectal leakage issues because of going to some fast food restaurants. And so what we'll do is we also will do what we call the FIT test, F-I-T, food sensitivity tests. So you could be mm-hmm. sensitive to a chemical or food that can cause that abdomen. But most of these guys really are just eating too many snack foods. You know, yesterday was a football day. Every day is a football day. But people are watching football and they're just, you know, munching on chips and et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So I just was curious if there was a hormonal um, link there with the estrogen. Well, cortisol. Not. You know, when people have excess of cortisol, they're going to have a big old belly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Cortisol stops the whole metabolic process. But, you know, I think most people realize that, that cortisol is like the big culprit from almost all of it. So you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to bring up because I have a personal story about this. Um, so I went through this myself when I was younger. Um, well, first of all, I was vegetarian for five years, which definitely didn't help my hormones. I had, uh, when I was getting my master's in nutrition, I had one of my, pro- or two of my professors actually tell me that every client that they've ever had that has a history of just being straight vegetarian or every woman ended up with hormonal issues. So that was number one for me that I realized like, okay, so that was not good for my hormones. And then I started getting really crazy cystic acne all on my chin and it was relentless. It would not go away. I couldn't figure this out for like four years until finally someone said, have you gotten your hormones checked? Turns out my progesterone was incredibly low and a combination of reintroducing good organic, clean meats in my diet. And then I was taking a little bit of bio, uh, bioidentical progesterone. It completely rebalanced everything. And then I started also taking calcium deglucrate, which I love that you brought that up because anytime I talk to anyone that has any sort of issues with like acne or their hormones, I'm like, take calcium deglucrate because it's going to push the estrogen out through your liver. And also glutathione does a similar thing. It latches onto excess estrogen. And that's what really helped me. That's good. You know what? It was really fortunate. So here's what happens with people who are plant eaters. They usually have too much copper in relationship to zinc. So we do what we call the zinc taste test. There's an enzyme also in your body or in a blood test called alkaline phosphatase. So if this alkaline phosphatase, the normal range goes from 40 to about 120. We like it to be about 80. But if you have a number that's in, so anybody that has their own labs can look at alkaline phosphatase. If it's like 50 or less, you want to start eating some organic uh, pumpkin seeds. But um, going back to what you were talking about with the calcium deglucrate, et cetera, what's happening is, is that the zinc was low. You couldn't have healing. You had high copper, which will place another demand on your liver. So it just keeps on this whole evolving process. 
So pumpkin seeds are a good adjunct for people to eat because they are an excellent source of zinc. And artichokes are really good for the liver too. Uh, it's just amazing what we, you know, the old thing with Hippocrates, that food be your medicine and medicine be your food. So if we have somebody who has an acne, I know acne issue, you know, they are probably doing too much dairy. They're doing too much wheat. If they have acne on their back, I'll guarantee you they're doing too much wheat. Because it takes zinc, it takes zinc out of the body. Zinc is really important. So the zinc taste test, if you don't taste the zinc, you probably need zinc. But sugar takes zinc out of the body. And so does stress. Yeah. Well, and we are a very stressed out society that is addicted to sugar. So it's no wonder we're all having these issues. Yes. Yeah. So what are some what are some nutritional deficiencies that could be throwing our hormones out of balance, whether it be for male or female? Well, I think one of the most common ones that I mentioned a few minutes ago was iodine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I take 12 milligrams of iodine every day. So in Japan, the Japanese women eat the equivalent of about 12 milligrams of iodine through sea vegetables and fish. So you might want to add some kelp to your life, some macrobiotic vegetables. You may consider getting a shower dechlorinator. I rarely go into a pool anymore because pools and hot tubs are loaded with bromine, fluorine, and chlorine. So if you're a female and you have cysts on the breast, chances are that you're eating too many carbs, which is causing a demand on your ovaries, which is not allowing you to have the progesterone, like what happened with you, Courtney, that yeah. it was imbalanced. So um, in that area, I know that zinc is important. So when we do a blood test, we look at uh, a, something called carbon dioxide. And if the CO2 is low, that usually means they need B vitamins. So if you cry easy, ladies, if mosquitoes bother you, that interrupts, once again, your liver from doing its job. But the B vitamins are really important for what we call raw nerves. So we know that B6 is important. So I'm talking about, some. we call these cofactors. So I wrote a book on trans fat. So when you eat food, food has to go through steps has to go through metabolic pathways. So if you eat, for example, flax, green beans, walnuts, they have to go through a process to make a long, the long chain fats. And that needs B6, zinc, and magnesium, for example. Magnesium is in green food. So everybody should be eating either collard greens or kale or asparagus, whatever is in season because that's going to allow you to have a bowel movement also. Real women issue that a lot of women have is birth control. What do you do for birth control? Because see, so many of the birth controls today deplete the body of B6. Birth control is probably, Courtney, from my experience, the number one imbalancer of female hormones. So my wife, we met when we were about 15. We got married when we were 21. My wife was on the pill for six years. We had our oldest son, no more pill, had our youngest son. When my wife was about 30, which made me kind of chuckle when you talked about this, they called it adult onset acne. That's what they said it was for her. But it, <laughs> it really was because she took the pill. She had dysplasia on her uterus. I'm sorry, on her cervix. So if any of you are watching me right now, we are beginning to see... Put this back in your little memory bank. Could be a deficiency of folate, F-O-L-A-T-E, which is especially common in plant eaters. So we worked on cleaning up my wife's diet. She actually did coffee enemas. Mm-hmm. Now, this is before there was organic coffee at every side street. You know, it's, it was very scarce at that time. And she did something which is old school called the castor oil pack where you get castor oil, put it on lamb's wool, put it on your left liver, I mean on your right side, on your liver, put a heating pad on it. She did that every day for a year, but it helped her liver. Imagine six years of the pill doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot. Now, when we do our breast thermography, and especially when I have young women, if I see your breast, the breast temperature is varied depending on the individual. But if I have a young lady comes in, let's say she's 36, 37 years old, and her breasts are like really bright red, 
she has too much estrogen. So I ask them, okay, so when, what are you doing for your birth control? And a lot of them will have IUDs that have estrogen on them. Once again, it's an imbalance. I'll have 60 year old ladies that'll come into my Florida office and we will do a breast tomography to them and their breasts are like bright red. They're supposed to be blue. Blue is cold, lack of hormones. And I said like, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing estrogen. Well, why are you doing that for? Because they want to stay youthful, but the adrenal mm. gland. So my wife has never taken any um, bioidentical anything. We've just helped her adrenal glands. The secret weapon for female hormonal health is keep the liver gallbladder clean and support adrenal function. It's really, How do you do that? Well, How do you support adrenal function? Well, the first thing I was going to tell you is body signals for adrenal fatigue. Bright light will bother your eyes. You get dizzy from a sit to a stand. You crave salt. You probably wear sunglasses. I don't even own a pair of sunglasses, by the way. So if you have to wear sunglasses, your adrenal glands are exhausted. And the adrenal, the sympathetic nervous system causes your pupils to constrict. If your adrenal glands are exhausted, the parasympathetic nervous system takes over and your pupils dilate. So we will support adrenal gland function with some glandular compounds, components that have adrenal tissue in it. Of course, vitamin C is good. Pantothenic acid is good, it's a B vitamin. But this is gonna sound really crazy, but you wanna be in bed by 10 o'clock. Because those hours between yeah. 10 and midnight is when your body has a chance to restore. We see so many women that have 14 plates up in the air they're doing too much. So I'm going to I'm gonna knight everybody right now. I'm going to give you permission the next time that somebody asks you to do something that you really don't want to do, but you feel compelled and obligated, you're going to say, you know, I can't say yes at this time. They're going to yeah. say, what does that mean? There's power in no. <laughs> That's right. But you're not saying no. I just can't say yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so we you, all need to practice saying no more. I think it's so important. <laughs> I can't say yes. It's okay. Well, yeah. There's always tomorrow. Exactly. So, so a couple. Of, let, let me just talk about a couple little secrets that I have just discovered over time. Okay. If you have a fungus on your toes that won't go away, it's coming from your gut. It's a colon issue. A lot of times, chronic bladder issues can be from wheat challenges. If you have white spots on your nails, it's usually a zinc need. Large pores on your face, a zinc need. Chronic left neck and mid-back pain is a pancreas referral. Bananas, raisins, grapes, and strawberries can cause left neck and mid-back pain. If you crave chocolate before your menstrual cycle, chances are you probably need good oil. So there's a test that we do, it's an important hormonal test, called the omega test. So that's a way that we can, through serum and or blood stick, check to see your oil levels because your body needs oil for proper hormonal function. But the thyroid gland, that's probably the toughest gland for us to treat in our practice. And the reason is, is because of stress. I'll go back to the same old story. Tyrosine makes adrenal hormone. Tyrosine and iodine make thyroid hormone. If you're under stress, you could be doing really good and all of a sudden stress and your thyroid, you know, tanks. It's because of stress. So cold hands and cold feet are body signals for a low thyroid, cold hands and cold feet. Let's say you wake up with a morning headache that goes away in a few hours, probably low thyroid. So hormonally, I know a lot of times we think about sex hormones, you know, testosterone, progesterone, but there's so many hormones and the adrenal gland is important. Now I'm gonna throw this nugget out for somebody. There's a thyroid test that we, with several factors. One of them is called TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. If your TSH is low and your T4 is normal, 
your brain is tired. I'm going to say that because this is really common today, Courtney. Interesting. Yeah. If your TSH is low and your T4, TOM4, is normal, it's a tired brain. If your what T... Is, what does that mean and how do we fix that? Well, I can tell you one more then. We have T3. So let's say your normal TSH is 2. Normal T4 is 8. Normal T3 uptake is 30. So let's say your TSH is 2. Let's say your T4 is 8. And your T3 is 25. You say, okay, Dr. Bob, what's going on? That's stress. Because T4 becomes T3 in the body. It's converted. What stops the conversion? Plugged up liver, low zinc, low B6, low progesterone, and a plugged up colon. See, all of you watching me right now, you should have all pooped at least once today. Two, Yep. pat on your back. You want to be doing at least two poops a day. Some people look at me and say, I haven't pooped in three days. Well, either you're not drinking enough water. And green food, green food is magnesium. Magnesium is the poop maker. Let's say you sweat. You have this film on your body. That means your parasympathetic nervous system is in control. And I know you're exhausted. I can look at a person in less than a minute and tell you what's going on inside of them. Thinning eyebrows is low thyroid. Thyroid, exactly. So you said something interesting that you. I need you to explain more. What do you mean that the brain is tired? Like, I, I know what you mean, but w- what does that really mean and how does someone fix that? Well, I know that sleep is really important, okay? You really have to yeah. learn to say, I can't say yes. Probably they need to eat uh, a lot more protein. I, see, protein is important for the immune system. So there's another blood test that we look, another marker in the blood test called globulin. Globulin, from my experience, should be 2.7. If your globulin level itself is over three, or like low two, you don't have enough digestive enzymes. If you don't have enough digestive enzymes, you're not gonna absorb protein. Now in our practice, if somebody has a low TSH, we can support them with manganese, Mm -hmm. selenium, and we can also use a glandular product that has brain tissue in it because you have to support with RNA and DNA. And that's that's why animal protein, I know, is just so important for people. And you learned that yourself when you were focusing on being a plant eater. Mm-hmm. I am probably 80% plant, 20% organic meat. But that thyroid, see, it's a thyroid adrenal pituitary. It's this triangle. And everything has to be in constant uh, um, balance. So for someone that is struggling with either low thyroid, I think most people struggle more with low thyroid than than hyperthyroidism. It's mostly hypo. What can people do? Are there specific foods that they can eat that can uh, really support the thyroid? Is there other interventions? I know, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are on the bioidentical, is it T3, T4, I think? Well, they might use Levo, they might use Armor, they might use, you know, 
Synthroid. Yeah. Okay, that's th- those are the most common. Which I take one as well. Yeah. And it's not easy. I mean, because of what I share, it's the stress is you know the 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 imbalance card that throws everything off. I mean, it really does make a difference. It's the hardest organ to treat, and it's probably the biggest hormonal one. So there's a lot of controversy about what I'm going to share with you right now. There'll be people that'll say you really shouldn't eat cruciferous vegetables a lot, especially raw, because it'll cause a low thyroid. Well, Courtney, I'm going to tell you right now, if we did a show of hands on how many people ate their five servings of vegetables today, ain't nobody going to raise their hand. They're just not. So we could we we scratch that theory. I mentioned to you already, and here's what's causing low thyroid, besides stress. So stress is number one. Number two, we don't have enough iodine in our diets. Yeah. I have all of my female patients put clear liquid iodine on their breast every day. I have them put it on their ovaries every day. Now, a shower dechlorinator is a good start. Get an under the sink water filter. Drink water from a, from a pure source. I think that is so really important. Now, when it comes to iodine, now there is a condition called Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is, some people say it's an autoimmune problem. We've helped Hashimoto's. You really want to back off gluten. I think most of you watching me and Courtney right now, you might want to just sit back and do a journal on what you eat for a week. Just look at it, you see what you're eating. I am amazed that the average person eats about 15 foods and that's it. They start every day with a Hmm. shake. some kind of blended shake and they think, well, it's so easy. You know, I understand that it could be easy, but you're probably better off maybe the night before to bake a a sweet potato or have three or four of them and throw some real butter on it or some almond butter on it or and eat some walnuts with it if you want to just start your day with that. Maybe have an egg with it or something. Yes, do something protein. Have avocado. I have avocado every day of my life and my salad. So my salad is my medicine bowl. My wife and I made eight salads yesterday and it's all on how you layer it for it to stay fresh all week. And it all depends on the greens that you use. Like you wanna use arugula, romaine lettuce. You wanna stay away from the spring mix because they break down too easy. I put cucumbers on the top, but when I cut the cucumbers, I tamp them with a paper towel to get rid of the moisture. We put shredded carrots on them. We'll slice the mushrooms. You tamp everything and you seal it tight. And so I, this morning I pulled this out and I pulled that out. I put, I made some eggs out. I have patients that we buy organic eggs from. So you can do it. You just need to do everything in advance. You have to plan. No plan is a plan to fail. I love doing jar salads too. Have you ever made those where you put, you know, you know the wettest stuff on the bottom? Yeah. It's really easy. And it takes, you know, 10 minutes to prepare it all. And then you just pull it out of your fridge when you're ready to eat and it's ready to go. It's so simple. Yeah, it's better than going to a franchise place. You buy a salad that's been sprayed with who knows with what. And I learned my lesson about that many, many years ago. I get a salad from a franchise well-known and I was, I was very sick. See, I'm not used to eating that. And so if you put into a situation that you're eating that and you have digestive distress. So for those of you that are watching this right now, just kind of start evaluating what are you eating and what is going on inside of your body. Um, what do your bowels look like? Look at your poop. You have to look at your stools. You have to see if they float. Do they sink? Yeah. Do they have mucus in them? Do they have any red in them? If you have fungus on your toes, you probably have a colon issue. So I'm sharing these little tidbits because you can evaluate your own body. If you start noticing mm-hmm. having more moles on your body, that means your liver is working overtime. If you have psoriasis, your liver is working overtime. If your feet sweat, that means, so here's what goes on. Colon is number one. And when the colon is overworked, then your liver is next. The kidney is the backup for the liver. But the feet are the backup for the kidney. So if you have sweaty feet, it's not the feet, it's your kidney. It's not your kidney, it's your liver. It's not your liver, it's your colon. So if you go back what I said, the liver is anger. So if you're upset with somebody, those emotions can impact your health. Bitterness is gallbladder. 
Now, I learned this with my wife. I'm, I'm sure glad that I married her. When our youngest son was going to college, we were going to be empty nesters. And she had a, a lung problem, a chronic lung problem that would not go away. And like, mm-hmm. I'm Dr. Bob. I'm supposed to figure out everything. Well, I couldn't figure this out. So I had my massage therapist take a look at her. So, you know, I think she just knew. She said, so what's going on in your life? <laughs> my wife started crying. So my wife was sad. Because, well, Anthony, our son, Dr. Anthony, was going to college. The lungs are sadness. Kidney is fear. So you can have a blood pressure issue. I'm seeing, Courtney, a lot of people who have a lot of kidney issues. So peppermint leaf is really good for that. You know, dandelion root, you know, for a cleanser, go to the local store and get yourself some organic um, dandelion leaves. I love arugula. All these things I eat on a regular basis. Yeah, that's great. And they're supporting the detoxification pathways of the liver yeah. and feeding our cells and just overall improving our health. So there's one more thing I want to cover before we go. Um, everyone, for the most part, I would say our society is really dealing with a lot of of inflammation. Like everyone just kind of seems like puffy. And I hear all the time, you know, people are trying to get rid of their bloating and just overall kind of feeling puffy. What is that? Why are we dealing with that? And how can people start to reverse that? So the one gland we did not talk about too much was the pancreas. Mm-hmm. So the pancreas secretes a couple important enzymes. One's called trypsin and the other one is called chymotrypsin. So I will do the squeeze the wrist test. You know, you can see like there's bone right here. Some of these people have these really big puffy wrists, okay? Big yep. puffy. So... First off, it could be a food sensitivity because they have what I call, quote unquote, which you've heard before, a leaky gut. And they have mm-hmm. a leaky gut because of poor choices. They could have taken a lot of antibiotics through their biome off. So food's going through their intestine like a sieve. So you want to evaluate, possibly with a FIT test, F-I-T. It's a blood spot test, checks 130 foods. You got to stay away from whatever you're sensitive to and slowly incorporate it back. It comes down to fruit. I'm telling you, my fruit eaters and dairy eaters, they are always puffy. And I have yeah. had people in three months, they'll, and I've seen pictures of them. The, the, it's, it's water retention is what it is. Their body is trying to protect them. So it's holding on to water. Hmm. But it's really common. But we as a product in our practice called Intenzyme Forte, which is trypsin and chymotrypsin. And we have them take it on an empty stomach. It is it is a Band-Aid for a bigger problem. And the bigger problem is food choices. Like I'm telling you, I don't eat fruit. I eat a half an apple a day. Yeah. And everything else I eat is vegetables. I'm in the same camp. I rarely eat fruit really anymore. I just I kind of just stopped craving it. And so I stopped eating it. I'll occasionally have berries and stuff because I know berries are lower in sugar. But... Uh, I really try to watch my sugar consumption and Me overall too. carbohydrate consumption. And I can tell you, man, I mean, it's changed everything for me. My mood, I'm more stabilized. My blood glucose levels are stabilized now. Uh, I don't bloat anymore. That's Good. a huge one. You know, like I hear women all the time. I've, I'm constantly getting this question asked on Instagram. What do, what pills do I take or what supplements do I take to stop bloating? I'm like, it's all in the diet. We have to stop eating foods that are inflammatory. So let's say that somebody asks you a question. If you have digestive distress immediately upon eating a food, it's usually a digestive enzyme need. If you have digestive distress, quote unquote, bloating two hours later, it's a gallbladder liver issue. Your bile makes, your liver makes bile. The bile is stored in the gallbladder. Anytime that somebody has their gallbladder up, that is a tough patient to help because they need bile salts for the rest of their life. So bloating two hours after eating, gallbladder liver. You can look at a blood test. It's called bilirubin. Let's say the normal range is 0.4 to, I don't know, 1.2. If somebody's bilirubin is above one point, you know they have thick, pasty bile. That's the whole purpose of Dr. Bob's ABCs. 
half a red apple every day, thins bile. Mm -hmm. Beet, thins bile. Carrot, helps your skin, helps your liver. Radishes, place a demand on the liver gallbladder. And artichokes are the best. They're even better than beets. So it's Dr. Bob's A-B-C-R-A. Apple, beet, carrot, radish, and artichoke. If you do that on a regular basis, you're going to be pooping every day. Your brain's going to be clear. Your skin's going to be clear. I mean, look at this is 67-year-old skin. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a good job. Thank you. I'm also, I'm over here adding all of those vegetables to my grocery list. I'm going to make sure I start eating that every day. Yep. And it's easy. <laughs> I'm going to go home tonight after we get done because I ate everything for today. You know, I'll boil eight or ten eggs at a time. You know, you just always have them in the your refrigerator. Yep. And so let's talk about this celery real quick. So you get the celery, you take those outer four or five, you cut those up because they're usually bitter, and then you get your organic chicken, you put the celery down, you put your chicken on top of it, you get some organic paprika, throw some water, cover it, throw it in the oven, bam, you get all these little containers, you cut the chicken up, so you're all set. And you can spend yeah. two hours on a Sunday and prepping your food for the whole week. And you save a, you save a ton of money too. Exactly. You save a ton of money and it, then it's really convenient and easy and quick during the week. And then you can also ensure that you're eating organic food. You know, I have so many friends that eat out for all their meals or they're post-mating or, you know, going to restaurants. And I'm like, if you're not going to a place that's prioritizing good quality pasteurized meats and organic ingredients, then you're getting a lot of pesticides. You know, I'm going to do a little plug for the somebody that we've been working with. It's called the Chef's Garden. Um, we've learned about the Chef Garden because they they had an article in the magazine. And come to find out, they're like 40 minutes from where we live. The Chef Garden has renewable food. So they it's not organic. But I was at the farm because they can't say organic, but they don't put any herbicides or pesticides. They burn everything with on the rows and they're, mm -hmm. you know, when they grow stuff. But they supply all the Michelin restaurants throughout the whole world. And they are starting to ship to people now because of the restaurant industry. And if you want real food, um, the chef's garden. It's okay. Just, we'll, it's, we'll link them in the show notes. Yeah, that, that it was really is good. I love that. That's such a good good tip for everyone. So before we go, I like to ask everyone this question: What are your personal health non-negotiables? That means no matter how busy your day is. These are things that you prioritize for your health to make sure that you are feeling good every day in your body. I ride my bike at least 15 miles every day. I, I just do that. I make sure that I have a salad every day of my life. I'm in bed at 10 o'clock and I always make sure I tell my wife I love her more than five times a day. Because oh. when our, you know, I'm very successful because I married and we have a great symbiotic relationship. And I never say anything negative about my mate to her because I, you have to be aware of every, I'm aware of every word that comes out of my mouth because my life is a direct reflection of what I have said. And I'm sure that your life is a direct reflection of everything that you have said. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that. It's a really important thing to remember. We speak things into, into existence. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. So I don't, yeah. I, I don't need any Ishmael's in my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? And then please tell everyone where they can find you. Well, first, I think most of you should really evaluate what you're consuming. And we can rationalize a lot of things. I would not do any soda. We didn't talk about the soda. If you're going to drink alcohol, I would drink organic wine. You know, you don't want to overdo that, but this way you have the least amount of chemicals in it. I would really back off of dairy. I would not be doing the ice cream, yogurt, cottage cheese habit because it does place a demand. And you might not realize that those cows are lactating cows and you're putting chemicals in your body that you're you're not a cow. So you don't really need what the cow... Yeah, you cow, don't need those hormones. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't need what the cow is going to be giving to you. And, and just have this awareness of your environment and just be happy. You know, we're not going to change anything that's going on out there, but you can help the, your inner person. But see, it's not just about you. You need to help somebody. There's more people out there that need help because you wouldn't be watching this or being associated with Courtney. You know, this is positive, loving information that we're giving. There's so many people out there that don't ever experience this kind of conversation. 
So just be nice to people. That would yeah. be probably my biggest thing. And just give hugs. You know, it's okay to hug. We hug people every day. You are not going to get sick and die. Just hug them. Yeah, that's really important. I think people really need to hear that more than ever. Yep. So I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you all a Dr. Bob hug. <laughs> thank you. I feel it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for thank having you. Me. And please tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. So the easiest thing for you to do is go to your favorite search engine and type in Dr. Bob Drugless Doctor. I have a Florida office, which is in Naples, Florida, and also in Westlake, Ohio. You could go to the website, which I'm sure will be posted somewhere, which is yep. druglessdoctor.com. I, cons- I have consultations on the phone all the time. What's really unique about what we do is we could send out lab requisitions in most states. You can get lab done very affordably, and I'll go over it with you and tell you what you need to do and direct you. And we've had great success helping people turning their lives around. Hey, thank you so much. We'll see everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. And I-